to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you Hello and welcome to On the Front Porch with us, your regular Disney podcast. I'm Tony Pascal. I'm Josh Whitehead. Thank you guys so much for joining us, as always. We are very pleased to have you joining us on this show. It is our regular Disney podcast, as Tony said, and it is for adult ears, not child ears. So if you have child ears and you're an adult, then we will make an exception for you. Uh, But if you are a child with adult ears then you probably still shouldn't be listening and you should probably get that checked out by a doctor. We are watching... <laughs> <laughs> We're watching Don't, Don't Look Under the Bed. Don't hang out with your bed. imaginary friend, children. <laughs> yeah, go hang out with your, your imaginary friends because we're watching Don't Look Under the Bed. Don't Look Under the Bed. Don't Look Under the Bed. <laughs> and we're also lucky to have been joined for an interview with our friend Connor Love about this movie. Tony did that, and we'll get to that here in a little while. Tony, how'd that go? It went really well. Uh, he asked me to be his best man. That's awesome. Yeah, he's engaged, so that's really <laughs> cool. Did he ask he, you on the show? No. he. So I'm deathly afraid of heights. Uh, speaking of fears, I'm deathly afraid of heights. Uh, he took me rock climbing. Well, <laughs> I actually took my my climbing club. I, t- I have an outdoor adventure club where we go camping and build fires and sure, 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 do sure, dumb sure. things. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, we I, we took the kids climbing, and he made me go up to the top of a climbing thing, and there was a note there that had my name on it, and it said, <laughs> will you be my best man? It was very cute. Oh, I said yes. Awfully it was, romantic. It was. I love it. <laughs> so anyway, we'll get to that interview here in a little while. But first, I have uh, some trivia for you, Tony. You want You want some trivia? Yeah, I want to hear some trivia. <laughs> okay, so this movie was directed by Kenneth Johnson. came out in 1999, and it was the only movie, uh, Disney Channel original movie, to be labeled as TV PG rating. There you go. And that is the only trivia I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it is what it is, everybody. Yep, 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 yep. So with that... Why don't we get you to pause and watch this movie really fast, and pause. Unpause! Welcome back, everybody! I think this is going to be a short one, Tony. (laughs) I think so, too. (laughs) Okay, so before we actually get into any conversations between you and me, why don't we toss them over to that interview with Connor Love? Everybody, I'd like you to meet my best friend for a very long time, Connor Love. Hello. Connor and I have known each other for years and years and years and years and have been friends for some of those years. We were like known each other since like first grade, so like a long, 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 long time. Uh, and he's just one of my very best friends and uh, he likes a lot of movies, but specifically straight to TV Disney movies <laughs> or straight to video Disney movies. Yes, absolutely. They're fantastic in a way. When I said, hey, Connor, what movie do you want to be a part of? He was like, that one with the boogeyman. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that I, I got the name right. It just definitely wasn't like an automatic. I think it's called Don't Look Under the Bed. Uh, yeah, but that one. Yeah, that was a really that was a really quick one to come to mind, though, when I thought about what movie I'd want to talk about. Uh, well, also, like, I knew I didn't want to do like a major title. So when I said I don't want to do a major title, this came to mind like pretty quickly. And I totally forgot that it even existed until you said something about it. <laughs> we were watching it last night and uh, Connor was like, oh yeah, this happens and this happens and this happens. And I was like, I don't remember any of this shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw um, it. I saw it probably, I don't know, three times as a kid. I mean, o- over over the span of a couple of years. So yeah, I, I remembered. I remembered some of it for sure. Um, a lot of it I didn't remember as we were rewatching it. And it was really fun. You know, sort of nostalgic and entertaining to, like, rewatch those things and be like, oh, man, I forgot all about that. That's cool. Yeah, I think that, like, and maybe something we will talk about later is, like, how much nostalgia plays into my enjoyment of this movie. Because I don't, I thought the movie was, like, sort of boring and fine, and you actually, like, enjoyed it. For me, <laughs> like, like, the acting was just awful, and I just, like, couldn't, like, get past that for most of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely not like a 
I mean, it, it's it's a straight to TV film. Right. So <laughs> so with that, you know, being said, uh, I I mean, I definitely find it entertaining. It sort of touches. I mean, okay. So first off, it was directed by Kenneth John Kenneth Johnson, who also did. I believe it was last week's episode for y'all, or last week y'all did one of two his other ago. two weeks ago. His uh, one of his other titles, uh, Xenon, Girl of the Twenty First Century. Yeah, a few a few episodes ago we did that. Yeah, and that that one I actually enjoy more, but I think it's just because like it's like in space. Uh, that's just like a personal preference or whatever. Well, okay, Connor, I've left you let you off the hook for this three and a half minutes. We always do a lightning round. I, we've got to ask you these questions before we talk anymore. Oh, okay, sure. Go for it. Okay. Favorite Disney movie? Uh, the Lion King. Favorite non-Disney movie? Jurassic Park. Favorite Disney princess? Mulan. Favorite non-Disney princess? Is pass. Can I pass? Sure. Uh, strangest food you've ever eaten? Oh, uh, fried snails, but they were really good. Okay. Most boring food you've ever eaten? Most boring food I've ever, I, I don't know, bread. Like regular, like <laughs> white bread. Wonder, wonder bread that was white. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, what are your feelings on Spanish projects? I have a very strong attachment to, like, doing my best work and creating a good Spanish project. You know, I want, if I'm going to put my name on something, I want it to be quality, not have any mistakes. <laughs> why do you, so why do you ask? When, when Connor and I first met each other, well, when we like were, we first met each other in first grade, we didn't really know each other. But in ninth grade, we like had a class together in, it was a Spanish class. And Connor, of course, did his last minute. He's like waiting till the very last second. And I accidentally bump into him, and he, like, flips absolute shit. <laughs> and uh, he got really mad at me, uh, and uh, and he still holds it against me. We're, and I think it's foolish. We're leaving out crucial details, okay? First of all, <laughs> I had a miscommunication with the professor about the timeline in which it was due. I had done a lot of the project. I didn't realize that it was due that day. I thought we had one more day. So I was putting finishing touches on a product, on a project that she said, like, I could wrap up there in class. And yes, I was, I was definitely flustered. I was under the gun. I didn't like the fact that I had, you know, the 90 minute, whatever, 80 minute class to finish it. But you didn't just bump my arm. What, what happened as a result of this encounter? So I bumped into him and I actually, so this is the thing though, Connor, like, I didn't know anything else. I bumped into you and I kept walking. I said, like, sorry, and I kept walking. Because I am a clumsy person who bumps into people on occasion. <laughs> You're not answering <laughs> so I just, the question. Like, kept going. Okay, so Connor says, though I've never actually, I never actually remember seeing it. I showed it that to when you. I bumped him, I when I bumped him, his pencil or pen or marker or whatever slid all the way across the paper. <laughs> the like poster it went right across the front of the project and it's not like it was a piece of like cover letter that i could have just like ripped off and rewrote real quick it was, it was a huge gaping mark across it and you know what it didn't really matter except for the fact that it was more of like a visual presentation project and clear, <laughs> clearly that was not part of the aesthetic i was going for so I was a little, sure. I was a little jostled. A little jostled. If you, you stood up. if you get to say things, if you get to say things like I bumped into Connor, and didn't know that I even wrote on his paper, when I showed it to you and said, "What the hell, man?" Then I can claim to just be a little jostled. Yeah, yeah. He stood up in the middle of class, walked to the back of the classroom where my books were, and he threw them all on the floor. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I'm still standing by his desk, so I'm like, I look down at his stuff, look back at him, and then I threw the rest of his stuff on the, onto the floor. You know, it just sounds like there were a lot of things going on for people in both sides, and we didn't act in our best interests. Uh... <laughs> and at the very end, this is the best part. <laughs> At the very end, we had to pass each other in the aisle to get back to our respective seats. <laughs> yeah, and Miss Blaine Rocha was like, guys, guys, what is going on? Settle down. <laughs> okay, yeah. so 
so we we had uh, I guess in a way it was a violent encounter, and we didn't like each other for I don't know probably like a month or two after that. It wasn't like a terribly long time, but one day you know my mom knows Tony's mom. My mom knows your mom. Uh, because they're both teachers for the same school district. And, uh, you know, your mom asked my mom if we could uh, pick you up and, like, take you to our house for a couple hours because ha- she had some sort of event or something to attend to. And so my mom's like, hey, we're taking ho- Tony home tomorrow. He'll hang out at our house for, like, two or three hours so y'all can hang out. And I was just like, great, that guy. Uh, well, and it turned out to be the start of a wonderful friendship. Yeah, we had, we had a lot of fun actually. That was a pretty like I remember by the time you left that day, I was like, you know, he's a pretty cool guy. He's not a total klutz. Yeah, I was, but that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a he's not a klutz uh, outside of you know just a little bit of like physical fumbliness. Uh, yeah. So that's the story of how we went from mortal enemies to best friends. Woo. Connor, sell me on this mo- on this movie. Why should I like it? I mean, there's. There's not a ton to say for, like, originality for this movie or, like, you know, rock star performances. But, you know, if you if you take it out of the context of, like, comparing this movie to a ton of other great movies that you have seen over the years, and you put it into the context of, like, the 12-year-old that has only seen, for the most part, you know, other Disney movies in their lifetime and, and, you know, of of course a few others. I mean, this is a good exposure to some, to some fun, like shooting styles, like perspectives. Mm -hmm. Uh, they do like a lot of, um, sort of like sideways shots where they just basically like turn the camera on its side and like zoom into characters and whatnot. And, you know, add some of those basic eerie elements to the film and, and, and making a scary film too. You know, it's quite scared uh, at certain points in the film. I mean, and you and I watched a, a short clip the other day from the director where he talked about like sort of how Disney wanted to do something a little scarier and, you know, they still had to back off in some ways to make the make the boogeyman not so frightening. So in, in that regard, I think that what's really cool about this is to take a step back and think of it from the perspective of like a young kid who's probably facing a lot of fears in their life at this age, you know, 12 and think about how this is something that they haven't really seen before, or maybe haven't really delved too much into like the genre. So like as a like first exposure to horror as a genre, that's where this, this sort of uh, movie has value is what you're like. Thought oh, Oh, for sure. Because it was the first of its genre for me at that age. I mean, it's probably why I have such a a fondness for it because while I would consider myself someone that likes scary movies, I've certainly seen quite a few over time. And it's always that like sort of strange addiction for me where like I get scared really easily watching movies and it like, it terrifies me and I have to like look away sometimes and I don't like always go mm-hmm. for scary movies. Like I don't try and watch them all the time. But like sometimes it just draws you to it. And you're like, oh, I, I just, I, it's just terrifying. But I'm, I got to keep watching. Like, like I don't know. It's it, and maybe, I maybe for me, I I like this. Like I I'm overly critical because like I love horror as a genre and I like spend a lot of time thinking about horror and watching horror movies and so I wonder if like if I'm like being overly critical and not thinking about it enough from like a kid's point of view like a 12, 10 year old's point of view I think that's legitimate I think that like as an introduction to horror this and like goosebumps and like I remember saying to you when we watched it, like the music sounds just like goosebumps. Like the, the shots look just like goosebumps. And I think like I, when I think of like my first four, Fourier into like, into horror as a genre, I think of like goosebumps and stuff like that. And I think that like, I still think like look fondly on those as well. And I think that maybe it is like partially a nostalgia thing. And I think that like, that's totally legitimate. I run a Disney podcast. So, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I think that that makes a lot of sense. I haven't thought of it like that. It would it wouldn't hold up today as a like first like look into horror, but I wonder but I think that for us it did work. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you mentioned, you know, the music. Uh I think that the music like like upon watching this as 
<laughs> rewatching this as an adult, like the music was super fascinating to me the whole time for sure. Yeah, the music was super weird. <laughs> yeah, it it was um all the theme theme music and composition was by Daniel Licht, and like people know Daniel Licht for stuff like like he did all the he wrote the score for Dexter the TV show like the really famous show about that guy that kind of kills people but also stops people from killing people i don't know much about that show but i know it's really popular and i've seen a few episodes it's pretty funny does he kill like serial killers or whatever yeah it's something like that like he is a serial killer but he also like stops a lot of like he only kills bad people like that's his thing he like wants to punish people he's like a anyway um yeah i got it (laughs) so yeah first introductions to the genre i mean the music is super fun they do a lot of cool camera stuff I like how um, they made the boogeyman, like, scary. But when you actually just get to, like, interact with the character, like, right in center stage, like, no longer as, like, this creepy aside where there's a boogeyman sort of breathing down your neck kind of thing. Like, when you actually get to, like, confront the character, or when they confront him in the movie, you know, he's he's kind of this, uh, like, elegant sort of bad guy. You know, sort of the bad guy that you're almost, like, impressed with instead of, like, just, like, morbidly terrified of. Like, he t- yeah, he speaks in couplets and he, like, he rhymes and uh, <laughs> the rhyming's he's a su- very British. The rhyming's a super fun touch. I love that about it. Um, yeah. And he, like, dances around and he's always, like, cackling with this, like, mad laughter, you know. It's it's fun. I, I like his character a lot. And I think that it was like really cool for like your Do you think that he uh like he rhymes because her imaginary friend rhymed? I mean like that's a that's a similarity that like you could just draw between the two. I don't know if it's like because the original character rhymed or or maybe they just wanted to like have all the imaginary beings in unison for a way, but like they don't the other ones don't rhyme like the whole movie. Yeah, I don't know. The Boogeyman is rhyming for, like, 95% of his lines. Like, I think there's, like, only one moment where he kind of says, like, like a deadpan, like, one-liner. And you're like, oh, I was I was <laughs> waiting for a rhyme there. <laughs> but enough about the Boogeyman. What about the acting from Francis? Isn't, uh, what's her, it's, like, Aaron Chambers playing a 14-year-old Francis. I don't, it's I don't understand worst. how you could watch that performance. <laughs> I don't understand how you could watch that performance and not blown away uh it's the worst <laughs> aaron if you're it is. aaron if you ever hear this podcast i want you to know that i thought your acting was enjoyable despite the fact that no i don't think it's great acting but <laughs> <laughs> i get that that's uh, a backhanded compliment but there's still a compliment in there like i'm glad that you enjoyed this movie i'm i'm glad that that you have actually helped me to maybe appreciate what it could, what it should be, uh, how I should appreciate it. I'm still going to make fun of the acting a ton, and the story is full of holes. But oh, for sure, uh, I <laughs> I enjoy. I like. I think that talking to you has helped me to like understand why why I should like appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's stuff there to appreciate. I mean. Man, you don't have to go, like, watch this film and convince yourself it's great. I mean, the acting is pretty bad. Like, the scenes with her parents and just, like, how crazy, like, coddling they want to be is just, like, completely... Uh, or And not only that, but, like, the fact that the father actually wants to discipline her, like, super hard and there's just, like, zero discipline at all. Like, that's not much of a compromise between the two parenting styles, I feel. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely not a well-written script. It's definitely not, you know, the best acting for it, but it's it's fun. It's it's fun. Yeah. Well, so is this conversation. I want to say thank you so much, Connor, and I hope we get to have you on again. Maybe we'll uh we'll pull you on for another straight to TV sort of uh next time we do one of these episodes. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, this wasn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, thanks for, thanks for having me on, man. I super appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And again, thank you to Connor for joining us. We definitely appreciate you coming on. And I think that you guys had a pretty interesting conversation. Uh, I, I do want to preface this by saying I think Connor had some points about about the nature of this movie, right? Yeah. He, like, so he... We're going to... We're gonna, <laughs> We're gonna tear this movie apart. We did not like this movie, oh, neither yeah. of us. Oh yeah. Um, but he he makes some good points that it's not like 
there is definitely a nostalgic aspect to this movie. And like when you watch this, uh, for mo- many of us who were, well, I assume many of our listeners are our age, but if you're older or younger, it might not be nostalgic. For me, for Josh, for Connor, it was. it's like there's definitely an aspect of nostalgia there. Yeah. Because it was, for a lot of us, the first movie we were scared at. Um, Absolutely. But it's not just nostalgia. It, it's also like for most of us, our first like, like, one of our first like bore like going into a horror genre like at all. So it's like, uh, and that's like a good point. I think that we should like let it be that as well. Um, so it's gonna be. A, it is a terrible movie. We're gonna make a, spend a lot of time funny making fun of it. But Connor's right about that, and I think that's definitely like a legitimate aspect. This I, I, and like I think goosebumps so. and things like that. Yeah, I think that it's it's the Disney Channel original version of like a monster of the week kind of yeah. story. So like kind of like the the young person's Buffy, if you will. It's like that that's what I was I kept going back to in my head. It's like the oh. Disney Channel version of Buffy, if this was an episode of Buffy. If Buffy was written by a fifteen year old. Right. Like <laughs> that, you know, and that's something else I kept coming back to. My God, this script. Oh my God. <laughs> We live in Middleburg, in, uh, in the middle of town, in the middle of the country. Weird that it's called Middleburg. Uh, <laughs> the, like, dialogue is so dumb. Yeah. One of the first lines I have written down is, how would you know what the end of the world feels like? You've never felt it. <laughs> <laughs> so, we we're, yeah, we're definitely probably going to tear this one apart. I do want to also say before we get into it that this – it is the, the scariest thing that I saw as a kid because it was the first scary thing that, like, my mom was like, yeah, you can watch that. It's a Disney movie. Why not? And I think a lot of kids my age and our age would say, like, yeah, I was afraid of the Boogeyman because of that movie. And I, I had a, a phase where I put the covers over my head so that the Boogeyman couldn't get me because that's what the movie said I had to do. Um, that is something that I did because I was terrified about this movie. I, I remember that being a phase for me for like two months after watching this movie. And, and then you forgot and you still survived. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do it anymore and I didn't get the smoke, pink smoke pulled out of my chest. Uh, <laughs> so that's good. They never explained what that was, anyway. The pink smoke that comes out of her chest. Uh, but apparently, the boogeyman feeds on it. So, that's cool. Anyway, prepare for me to have nightmares tonight. And okay. <laughs> them to be horribly written. <laughs> uh, with that, let's talk about this movie. Let's do it. We have a very goosebumps opening, like, like, oh, yeah. and I think this 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 actually stays throughout the movie. Like, the music is very like high and like uh, piano heavy. Yeah, uh, we're playing with some interesting <laughs> instruments. Um, there's like really strange camera angles, the shadows throughout the movie. There's like this weird like thing where the dolls' heads all move. Oh yeah, uh, there's Un- a lot of yeah. Unrelated. <laughs> never never bring that up again. They don't explain how that happens. <laughs> it's not important to the <laughs> it's movie. Not, it's yeah. not at all important. Just things are always following her around. Yeah. And anyway, we set the clock back. So the alarms go off at 7, but it's not actually 7. It's actually 4 o'clock. Yeah. And so the family is getting ready, and it's breakfast time, and they're, like, talking, and it's like, really it's like really dumb dialogue like how would you know what the end of the world feels like you never felt it Um, (laughs) i didn't do with anything with the two dozen eggs what would i do with two dozen eggs weird that we're missing two dozen eggs she also says something in that point of like uh like it's like maybe you could put your dog on the roof if you go to college (laughs) 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 and then the it's everybody goes back to sleep because it's actually only four thirty, and the boogeyman goes dog fishing. And, yeah, uh, and he's he's doing his good. his really really good acting laugh for evil man. That's like <laughs> ha, 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 and it's like <laughs> yeah, 
I remember being afraid of that. Oh man! Yeah, uh, so you know, you I, know. Here's here's something that Connor briefly brought up, but I want to like really reiterate it. The boogeyman is scariest before we see him. He's absolutely. scariest when we're just seeing his hands and we're like getting these weird camera angles and like hearing his voice but not seeing him. Like, yeah, the movie is the scariest for the first thirty minutes before uh, Larry Houdini shows up. Yeah, absolutely, I agree, and I I think that the other part of that is that like there. <laughs> Isn't I, no? I don't even know if I would call it scary. I would call it like they're going for spooky. How spooky yeah. is it that the that the clocks are all wrong? It starts that way. It starts yeah. with dilemma. There is no like let's see what this town is like before there's dilemma. It's just how spooky is it at the beginning of this movie that there's uh, clocks going wrong for everyone and that there's like dogs on the roof and there's jello in the swimming pool that nobody noticed because it's orange and gelatin like and nobody notices until after the girl jumps in so uh, can we can we spooky. say like, it's, <laughs> it's like really <laughs> speaking of like it's only weird because there's no logical explanation is like one of the lines like, that, that she <laughs> says like 20 <laughs> bajillion <says>. times <laughs> If only there was log- logical explanation, this wouldn't be scary. We get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> All three of the kids are based on uh, scientists or philosophers. We get it. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, so, yeah. We, we learned that she skipped a grade. She... She said it's only weird because there's no logical explanation. She's like – like her whole thing is like she's an adult already. Like you shouldn't spend your time pretending to be a kid. Like she's already like growing as an adult. Like she yeah, wants – she's she like does. really hitting home the point that she wants to be an adult and that uh, being and a And she kid tells sucks. everyone else to grow up. She says grow up Over like five up, yeah. times Yeah, to different people. Um, so and then we, we get that we she see, wants to be an adult. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, we also learn in this scene that – Joe, the girl, her friend, uh, is um, is liking Bert. Yeah, she likes Bert. That's going to be important eventually. Um, Probably for for one scene. For that one scene, it's going to be somewhat important. <laughs> it's going to be somewhat important <laughs> for that one scene, and then we're never going to hear about it again. Uh, we get to school, and she's like, "Anyway, I have to go to middle school because I'm still a baby middle schooler," and. Uh, I don't even remember the girl's name. What's the girl's name? Joe. Francis. Francis. Oh, Francis. Francis is like, why is that guy staring? And we see Larry Houdini for the first time. And he, he's just really creepily staring across the vast expanse of the school. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Joe's like, what guy? And then he disappears. Whoa, spooky. Uh, Everything then, is so spooky. <laughs> and then they get to biology class and he's talking about eggs and then dozens and dozens of eggs fall from the sky far more than two dozen eggs teacher is <laughs> teaching about eggs on the biology teacher's car and it's way more than two dozen eggs yeah my guess is it's like lots of lots of dozens of eggs like everybody's eggs from everybody's fridge are gone into this guy's car. And yet the parents, <coughs> Francis's parents are like, Oh, our eggs are gone. It must be one of our kids. Our jello is gone. It must be one of our kids. But how much jello do you have in your cabinets? <laughs> right. So, like, all these weird tricks are happening. The pool gets turned to jello. Oh, the water uh, from our house is in that bus. There's a colony of bees. All the bees from our bee house is in that bus. Or there's wherever. a leaky school bus where there's just gallons of water in the school bus. <laughs> yeah, weird. Uh, and then there's lots of bees painted on people and things. Yeah. The no trend, no rhyme or reason to any of this. Well, okay, they it sort of does. It's the only rhyme and reason is that like sort of weird things that Francis says are like like put into place. So like she never said the, anything about water on the bus. She never said no, anything she about bees. She didn't say anything about the bees. She didn't say anything about water on the bus. 
Uh, but like the dogs on the roof, the like, like she talks to Joe about how she's not good enough to be on the swim team, and then there's like Jello in the swim swimming pool. Uh, she talks to Joe about how Joe likes Bert, and like then there's like a uh, Joe hearts Bert uh, in sure. like flowers on the lawn or whatever. Yeah. So like there's some things that would like some things you, I, which I is why we totally we agree that he's like framing Franny. I, I definitely also, think that it's true that some of those things apply, but not all of them do. So like, no, I don't understand also, the point of the, the other like, ones. Some of them like don't make any sense. Like, like all the kids freezing on the lawn. I don't understand. Why is it important? It's not. <laughs> it's just like creepy. Uh, the eventually we'll see like the um, the boogeyman putting a bunch of Christmas lights on the house, and like we get that like his his he is trying to frame Franny uh, instead of like. I guess just outright attacking Franny. I don't understand that either because eventually he wants to just kill Franny. Uh, but right now he's like trying to frame Franny for like little mischievous things. Right. Uh, but like putting Christmas lights on the house, there's like no guarantee that's going to destroy the entire grid or whatever. Right. Uh, let's actually, let's go ahead and dissuade. Let's putting Christmas trees on the house will not destroy the electrical grid. <laughs> Christmas lights. Putting a bunch yeah. of tiny Christmas trees on the house. Well, Christmas lights is what I meant. Yes. Yeah. Will not destroy the, <laughs> the electrical grid. It's just not going to happen. So, like, no. some of these things are, like, just silly. Uh, how, but, did, how did uh, Franny get to all these people's shoes? The bottoms of everyone's shoe has a B on it in different color <laughs> letters. Franny got uh, to that baby shoe. I mean, it has to be her, though, because it says B on the inside of her locker instead of the outside of her locker. It had to be her. Um, and, and also, her middle name starts with a B. Spooky. <laughs> God, what? I'm so confused. Uh, How does any of this apply? How does anybody buy this bullshit is my question. Yeah, so this is, like, really dumb. It's, like, ultimately, like, everything... It does start to look really suspicious for her when she starts acting like an absolute crazy person, which is about to happen. So... <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Um, so, all the, all along that this is happening, she is slowly learning more... Or she she's slowly, like, reaching out to Larry Houdini. And he... First of all, I like the actor... I think that he does a good job of being ridiculous, and I can't tell if that's just the writing or if that's him ad-libbing a lot of that, but uh, I think he's probably my favorite part of this movie, um, which is saying yeah, something. Yeah, he's definitely the most interesting. Yeah, um, I wouldn't call him like a great, great character, because I don't think that any of them are great characters, but I think that he's probably the most interesting. And I say He's that, definitely the most strange. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I say that with with a single thing in mind and that is he's sent there by somebody right uh yeah guy and head guy and head guy in head sent him there and this never gets resolved i think we're supposed to assume it's god right or the powers that be Monster of the well, Week. The powers that be. Monsters of the Week. Angel. <laughs> Buffy. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I think it's the powers that be. The powers that be send him to get a book. And inside that book, it says, For Larry, here's how to kill a boogeyman. <laughs> well, the first time we talked to Larry Houdini, it's just like super strange. He's like an imaginary friend. We learn that he's an imaginary friend. He's like overacts so much. He like puts on all these costumes. He becomes Bubble Sherlock. He's like, it's the boogeyman. He's like <laughs> dancing all around. He looks silly. It's like really like he's like a fun character. He's not my favorite character, but he's a really fun character. Uh, yeah. And then like Francis acts ridiculous and jumps up on a table and is like, does anybody know who this guy is? And she's like pointing at no one. But even if she was pointing at someone, it would be a really weird thing to do. <laughs> uh, 
Like, she does act like a crazy person. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Absolutely, uh, she Francis does. is told to come to the office, um, and... He and the guy in the office is like bacon with a B. Suspicious. <laughs> Awfully weird that your name middle name starts with a B. Uh, she explains that she knows who did it. It was Larry Houdini. Uh, and anyway, uh, I want to point out that like my very favorite character in this whole movie is the counselor because she is like really silly and also like just like a absolute like she's like. <clears throat> Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I see. It's clear to me that She's thi- like pr- this paper says that you're Harry suffering. Po- my favorite Harry Potter character is Professor Trelawney, and I think it's for the same reason as I really like this like yeah. <laughs> this like counselor lady cuz she's like very like out of it and also like <laughs> makes you question like what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, she th- this really stupid scene where she's talking to her mom and she's like, uh, "So my theory is based on this piece of paper. It says that your youngest son had to have bone marrow transplant by their older sibling, and I think that your she is regretting giving him her bone marrow." And the mom's like, "Well, that would make sense if it had been her that gave the bone marrow." And the counselor's like, yep, you're right. I guess that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I guess that was a dumb s- sequence yeah. of words. <laughs> and it's like, why Why are we even talking about it? Why is this in the script? You know? it's a f- What does come mm-hmm. up from this is that Francis looks like an absolute crazy person and no action is taken. Sure. Like, <laughs> she, like, runs around the school chasing Larry Houdini. Uh yeah. <laughs> like, and like, she's like, he's standing right there. He's playing a trombone. He's wearing a hockey suit. Like, and she, and everybody's just like looking at her, and there's nothing that comes of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's this really funny joke that happens when um, she chases him into the band room, I guess, right about that same time. He's like, yeah. uh, I was sent by the voices in your head. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, you know, the same ones that put that song on on replay in your head. And she's like, I thought that was Barry Manilow. And I lost it. I was like, yes, good, great Barry Manilow slam. That was great. Awesome job. (laughs) Oh, shit. And uh, so we go home, and and mom and dad are very upset. They're freaking out. They're like, well, maybe she's been mind-controlled. And this is one of my favorite jokes in the movie, where dad is like, so you're saying someone is coming into this house to influence our children's mind? How could someone do that? And then the kid comes in and turns on the TV uh, (laughs) and starts talking, and I'm like, (laughs) ha, 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 That is good. That's a good joke. Yeah, that's a good joke. And um, so, the every time she's laying down, and she, her, I guess even resting her eyes, because even when she had that rag over her eyes when she was laying down in the office, she is visited by the boogeyman, and it like the boogeyman. It pulls this this pink smoke. The pink smoke emanates from her, and the the boogeyman feasts on it. And it's like, well, you can starve the boogeyman. If you don't emanate pink smoke, and therefore you have to not emanate pink smoke by putting the the blanket over your head while you sleep. Right. Right. So the goal, ultimately, is to starve that boogeyman out by not giving him your, your sacred pink smoke. Just I'm, just I'm just creating the lore. Is this what, what we're to believe? I believe that the pink smoke is your soul or something. I don't know. Do you get it? I don't know, so, man. Soul, it's not like soul it's like not on really the shoe. <laughs> they make that joke later. Eat his soul because there was goo. There, there was boogie on goo the shoe. on the shoe. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Anyway, <laughs> then we go to well, so Darwin. Comes in and is like, hey, the boogeyman. There's this guy telling kids about the boogeyman. 
He said and his name was Larry. That is all. <laughs> and Darwin goes <laughs> off. It's like really silly. Uh, <laughs> and so we go to the the park, and La- like we talk to Larry and Francis, and, and Larry are talking, and. Larry does these, these magical tricks, and Francis is still, like, not really believing. Um, <laughs> but, like, one thing I notice here is that Larry is very much the, like, anti-Francis. He's, like, super childish and, like, super playful because he is a imaginary friend. Of a small uh, child. Yeah. Of a small child. Uh, he's, like, the guy in my set says I need a the, – the guy in my head said I need a book. No, I don't <laughs> – <laughs> And she's talking to, to like talking to him. I don't hear voices <laughs> in my head. <laughs> and like she's just staring at the guy and like the parents walking by. The librarian oh, later. Up well. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she's like she yells that she doesn't hear voices, and then she's like, I just see things. <laughs> oh. Oh God. Uh, you know what? Um, you know, can can we take a break here? And I know this isn't the climax of the movie, but I need a I need a, a rest for a moment. Um, so why don't we <laughs> look off the porch over here and look at Yowza, stare stare at him, and see if he says something interesting. We're staring. We're, we're staring at him right now. Hello and welcome to Yowza's Log, Yard Date, C12. You know, it gets pretty boring out here in the yard sometimes, never allowed on the porch. Never allowed to share my thoughts with anyone. So I've taken to writing poetry to share my spirit with the world. And today I'd like to share with you one of my new original poems. Here goes. Sometimes I feel... Like I don't have a partner. Sometimes I feel like my only friend is the log that I live in. The log of angels. Lonely as I am. Together we cry. No, I don't ever want to feel like I did that day. Take me back to the porch I love. Take me all the way. I don't ever want to feel like I did that day. Take me to the porch I love. Take me all the way. Ooh, no, no, yeah, yeah. Love me, I say. Yeah, yeah. Under the log in the yard is where I drew some blood. Under the log in the yard, I could not get enough. Under the log in the yard, forgot about my love. Under the log in the yard, I gave my life away. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for saying something, Yowza. Thank you for saying the things. Thank you. Okay. That was a good break. And now we've got a little bit more of this movie to go to. And I am not exactly (gasps) eager. (laughs) oh shit (laughs) um so we go to the library and uh there is a book about larry there it's by guy in head we've already learned about this there is a mean librarian and larry's like and she's being mean to the kids so larry's like hold my book and then does like funny trickstery things uh and he tells the children the story of the boogeyman uh, he is teaching them about the boogeyman, like, you should put the thing over your head so that the smoke doesn't get pulled from your body. It's stuff that we've already learned, guys. Right. This is not an interesting scene, yeah. other than, the, like, the making fun of the librarian. Yeah. I, I do have a question. This is, I, I, I think this is a fucking rope kind of segment that I'm <laughs> going to get into here. All right. So, this... We haven't gone to the fucking rope in a minute. No, it's been a little while. This book, okay... He's holding the book. So does that mean that the book is not real or that he has control over real things? 
I'd like to think that the book isn't real, because if the book was real, and he was actually holding a real book, then someone would, A, either notice that he was holding, or that there was just a floating book that was open in front of this girl, or, B, that someone would have stopped it from being mass-produced and end up in this library. Because a book that is written about the boogeyman and ways to kill the boogeyman in a public school library who's got in, in the front page it says this book is dedicated to Larry I think that I would hope that someone would notice that and prevent it from being published because I'd like to think that if it's in this public library it's in every public library ever let me think about that um or it could just okay, not be a real here's book. Here's a counter argument. Here's a weird counter argument. Okay. I, I, maybe the book isn't real. I, I don't know about that. But I do know that the boogeyman can hold on to eggs and also gelatin and also, like, go dog fishing. Right. So, so those like, dogs definitely you, saw the boogeyman. You can affect the real world. Okay. You like because you're because you can hold on to eggs. Like you can touch things in the real world. I don't yeah. know about this book, but like I don't know if you always want to. I'm unsure. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Well, like because if if he did, then you would think that someone would notice that, right? Right. When the eggs are floating in space or whatever. Yeah. Or this book is floating in front of this girl. Maybe she's a witch. Maybe this is like a uh, one of those like Buffy the Vampire Slayer things. People only see what they want to see or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe all of this, the imaginary book and the imaginary friends are part of a bigger subplot that we're going to see in the bum. next episode. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Dun, I can't I can't not see this as a monster of the week. I, I really can't. Yeah. In, I think that's legit. In fact, I think I've seen an episode of Buffy that had a very similar storyline to this that was written a thousand times better. <laughs> no, there are definitely there is the the Kinder the Kinder whatever the Kinder Strout or whatever yeah. the guy who uh, eats sick oh, children yeah in the hospital yeah yeah. I'm I'm not obsessed with Buffy. I just like it a lot. Definitely check out our other podcast about Buffy. Uh, again, this is a joke. We don't actually have that, but I think that we should because we would love talking about Buffy. I know. <laughs> I was like just thinking, wow, that sounds really nice. Yeah, we should start a podcast about Buffy. <laughs> That's right. What the world needs is a men's perspective on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> all right moving on <laughs> okay so what are we watching again i lost it <laughs> i lost the thread <laughs> there's monsters i don't know we're talking about buffy right is that what we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> okay uh mean librarian moving on uh he's teaching about the boogeyman to he's reading from the book, uh, and we learn that nuclear devices do blow up the boogeyman. Right. Uh, yeah, that's it. So that's it. <laughs> uh, there's also this other device that we'll learn about later. Uh, uh. Dad thinks that she's crazy. She they they he says my daughter's crazy as he well uh, should. So they're going to invite the guidance counselor to dinner. Because he needs to cook a roast. Because Moving on. he needs to cook a roast. And also because she has experience dealing with things like this. She's a high school <laughs> guidance counselor. She definitely hey does not have experience <laughs> with this. With with monsters? With monsters. And I don't know. The vampires. high school librarian in Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> definitely knows how. Yes. <laughs> so in this scene, uh, they finally kiss... Angel and Buffy, and it's <laughs> it's a magical scene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Larry is Darwin's imaginary friend. We find a lot. We finally find out. Which uh, begs the question: Why did the powers that be 
send him to her as opposed to him following around Darwin. Well, I, it might have something to do with the fact that, like, she told Darwin to stop believing in him. Um, okay. And when he finds that out, like, she, so she, when, when he was sick, he, yeah. he told her that, she, uh, she told him that he wasn't, like, he had to stop believing in, uh, in silly things, but had to believe in, like, right. medicine and science and what have you. Right, 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 uh, right. And so, uh, when he, when Larry finds this out, he gets monsterized and starts to become a boogeyman. Um, also Larry's like really weird in this scene and he's like, you didn't want to give up your bone marrow. It's a really strange through line. I'm yeah. Like I, I find it really complicated and also like, like she literally couldn't do it. So I don't blame her for it. Anyway, moving on. It's not something that she could physically do. Yeah. Um, okay. So that night there are monsters on the bed, boogeyman on the roof, Fran can't see him, but Larry can, and Larry gets into a battle with the boogeyman. Okay. Uh, what with Christmas lights? Yeah, 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 for sure. And then um, she gets blamed for Christmas lights. lights. Up and down. Yeah, she gets blamed for Christmas lights, and her parents are like, "You've got to stay in your room, Missy." This is a really strange, like, parenting. <laughs> there are, like, no consequences for anything. <laughs> yeah. When it's There's clear like, to them he, that she's the one doing this now. There are 300 reporters outside of your house. You broke a window with a ladder while you were trying to get on the roof. Looks like you are putting Christmas lights on the roof. And they're just, like, in, in the morning, he's, like, grumbling with orange juice <laughs> in his hand. He's like, ah! And then, like, nothing happens. <laughs> like, they don't do anything. They're like... You shouldn't put ladders on the roof at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> There's no conversation here. <laughs> I love it. Great parenting. So we move along. Yeah. <laughs> and in this scene, Giles is angry that, <laughs> that they kissed, right? They shouldn't have kissed because she's a slayer and he's a vampire and it'll never work. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we learn how imaginary friends work. They stay young forever. They meet new friends when they aren't needed. And she says, hey, well then why are you still here? Darwin uh, can't see you anymore. And he says, Darwin still needs me. And he becomes a monster. And he's like, anyway... I made this fancy tempter for you, which electrocutes boogies and t makes them old. Right. And this is actually my favorite scene in the movie because it's like, uh, it's intentionally derivative and it's like, it's probably the most creative scene in the movie. Even though the most creative scene in the movie is exactly from the Frankenstein movie. <laughs> uh, he is like, it's, a, it's just like black and white. He's like, <laughs> and he like electrocutes the milk. The milk, yeah. Uh, and the milk becomes uh, sour because it, like, it whatever it does, it, like, speeds up time a it lot. Ages so it's, like, months-old milk. Yeah. Um, which, the, I guess, the goal is to, like, age the boogeyman so much that he's old now. Yeah. That's the goal. We want to age that boogeyman. And yep. if you don't do it all the way, though, then it doesn't age at all. That's the secret. Uh, I don't really understand the the fucking rope of this. Yeah, <laughs> no, this this fucking rope. Uh, uh, the tempterfuge it does rely heavily on imagination to work, right? Uh, and maybe if you don't understand it or something, it doesn't work. I don't yeah, know. You got to use your imagination. We get it. What's important here is that he beco he's becoming a boogeyman. His his fingernails are elongating in his eyes. And he's becoming the boogeyman. Yeah, his eyes are all purple. Weird, spooky. So they're they're like using the book to create this recipe of boogie goo. They got to get boogie goo to lure the boogeyman. And while he's making the boogie goo, the guidance counselor is over at their house. My favorite character, and this is the best adult line in the movie. That's a lovely bust you've got there. <laughs> she, he, she's like, um. And then she looks behind her and sees that she's talking about the bust. And it's like, oh. The, the statue, yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what, 
what an adult joke to put in there. Like, wow. Um, so they, that bust, yeah, it, and it, it moves around, too, when nobody's looking. Um, because there are also ghosts in the house, maybe? We'll see it in the next episode. There is a, a whole lot going on in the kitchen, though, including blended gym socks and... <laughs> That apparently There's like this weird scene no, that like it makes elephant sounds. The goo makes <laughs> elephant sounds. <laughs> no, and he, apparently he didn't even need the gym socks uh, blended because it's not even in the the ingredients. It's being served no, outside. It's in the pudding. Yeah, it's not it's even in the pudding. It's not even being used for for the boogie goo. Uh, they feed the guidance counselor, the guidance counselor Jim Sock, which is just like a great young adult like TV trope, and I like it a lot. Right, yeah. right, right. Ha ha ha! Ha ha! Feed the teacher gross things. Yeah, tastes like nutmeg slightly. Um. Uh, it tastes like nutmeg. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, mom comes in and is like, "Finally, like, tell me the truth. This does not smell like food, Francis. We have to tell each other the truth." Great line. Yep. Um, I think that's it. I think that's the end of the movie. Yeah, well, okay. Not quite. They do a bobsled under the bed, and um, there is a fight, and the extension cord comes unplugged, and... Right, Larry wants to eat Darwin, and so does the other guy. They both want to eat Darwin. Yeah. And Darwin gets pulled under the bed, so they have to go there. Yeah. Something, something... Bone marrow donor. I don't understand. Something, something, eat your soul. Because <laughs> it's a shoe. Because shoes. <laughs> and then there's a fight and the extension cord comes unplugged. Did I already say that? I did. Um, you did. There's like a whole uh, thing about the extension cord. They make the cord. joke about Boogie Wonderland. Boogie Wonderland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. let's explore this lore for a moment, if you will. There's a Boogie <laughs> World now? There's a Boogie World now. It's not something. It's just the underworld of the bed, just like enlarged, because all of the like toys and stuff under yeah. the bed are like. But there's a whole another dimension under there. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we something we didn't know before that they're introducing right now. There's another dimension under everybody's bed. It's pretty clear by this point that uh, that. Francis has an imaginary friend that she at some point stopped talking to, and that's who the boogeyman is. Because <laughs> Larry asks her, he's like, did you ever have an imaginary friend? And she's like, uh, 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 no, definitely not. I definitely didn't have an imaginary friend, and that's who the boogeyman is. And he's like, okay. And then guess what? <laughs> she had an imaginary <laughs> friend. And yep. it's now the boogeyman. <laughs> Who would have thought? They definitely didn't lead up to that, you know, five minutes earlier when he asked her that question. No, they've been doing it really for a long time. The Tempter Fusion oh my God. did that same thing. Yeah. Oh. No, no. Boy. <laughs> Who could have seen that twist coming is my question. Oh, my. Um, that is like, that's some kind of like lost level. That it's that's up there. I was blown away. So <laughs> we have to go back. Francis. We have to go back to Boogie World. <laughs> oh shit! What is happening this episode? This is a rough one. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? Um, it, let, let's just wrap it up. the The boogeyman's okay. name is Zoe, and that is the end. Um, yeah, the, the boogeyman was the friend. Uh, it was a girl. It was a girl, uh, boogie person. And that is why the boogie girl did, yeah, boogie person. They tell that joke like eight times. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, they're all friends. The The bad shit that was happening here happened in Centerville. They believe in Francis in now. Centerville. And she's like, I believe in Centerville. me too. Centerville. Middleburg and Centerville. <laughs> Um, they're all friends, but not anymore because Franny's not going to see them anymore because she doesn't need them anymore. And she's like, I still need you. And then he kisses her and she's like, oh, maybe I am too grown up. (laughs) (sighs) Yep. No, you know what? That's it. That's the end of the movie. we're, We're wrapping it up, folks. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. 
if you enjoyed the movie, then that's awesome. Good on you. <laughs> but Josh, 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 Josh. What's the moral of the story? I don't know that there is one. I think the moral of the story is that if you cover your head with blankets and protect your sacred pink smoke, then your friends won't become boogeymen. Boogie people, excuse me. And also that um, when you're a slayer, you should have friends by your side because nobody can do it alone. That's right. (laughs) Nobody can do it alone. The hardest thing about this life is to live in it. The hardest thing about this world is to live in it. Oh, God. We need a Buffy cast. We really need to start a Buffy. (laughs) Okay. So, with that, thank you for listening. (laughs) We definitely appreciate it, especially after this one. If you're still, if you've made it this far, then God, <laughs> thank you. You deserve a fucking medal. Um, oh shit! <laughs> so let's uh, let's start by saying you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Front Porch Disney. You can find Yowza at CT Yowza. I don't know if Connor has one. Did Connor say one in the interview? I don't know, man. I don't. I don't ask him things. Okay, I'm gonna very. Uh, inconspicuously slide it in in the edit right here. Okay. And there is... Um, <laughs> I, I, Tony, I want you to know that I, when I put that in, it's going to sound like at Connor Love. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't, it's not actually that, folks. Don't, don't check that, because it might not be like- him. It might be more... I don't remember. At one point... Well, yeah, uh, whatever, whatever. I'll find it. Anyway, so definitely follow us on those and uh, follow Yaza and follow Connor if we can get his thing. And also, like and... Uh, or not like, but subscribe and review and leave a rating on iTunes. That really helps us out. And we are coming up on a few of our final episodes for this season, so uh, keep in touch and keep listening for the next little while as we produce some of our closing episodes for this season. We've got a couple of really exciting ones. For example, our uh, episode on April 4th is going to be our one-year anniversary episode where we will be doing uh, an extremely goofy movie. And then the week after that, is going to be an episode of shorts where Tony, myself, and Yowza break off into three groups and discuss Disney shorts. Uh, Each of us have a different short. Tony will be joined by Kendra and Savannah. Kendra, you haven't met yet. Um, Yowza will be joined by Jack and Beardy, and I will be joined by Connor Davis. So that's going to be a really exciting episode. Um, A lot of fun, I think. And then the week after that is our finale and we will be doing Beauty and the Beast with our friend Heidi Yao, Cameron Yao's wife. I think that one's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so we've got a lot coming up. It, it'll be nice because we, we've done a few obscure ones here for a while. So yeah. it'll be nice to go go big. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've got a lot of really exciting stuff coming up here in the future uh, in the next couple of weeks, the next few episodes. So definitely uh, stay listening. You're going you're gonna to want to be here for these ones Next week, we are doing Lilo and Stitch with our friend Judith. I think that it's going to be a lot of fun. Not next week, but next episode, two weeks from now on March 7th. Um, no, that's when this episode's coming out. March 21st, I think. Yeah. So, sure. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Um, so, definitely use the hashtag Front Porch Talks. And add anything else to the conversation, like if we missed something or if you have something else to say. I mean, we missed a lot. <laughs> yeah, we definitely missed a lot because this movie deserved to be skipped around a bit because this, otherwise we would have been here all fucking day. Um, uh, Francis convinces Darwin to help to ask Larry for help by clapping. Clapping. It's a yeah. good callback. It's a Peter Pan joke. Uh, yeah. 
uh, uh, anyway, Darwin calls no. calls the boogie no, no. a skaggy creep. No, no, it's like it's weird. No. <laughs> no, do people talk like that? I don't know. No, who knows? I don't know. No, do people talk like that? I don't know. No, Tony, just sing us out for the love of God. <laughs> okay, what should I sing, Josh? Um, you got a friend in me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, okay. Goodbye. Thank Goodbye. you. I love to linger here like this. Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two. On the front porch with you. Hey guys, it's Ember and Angel from the Color Me Dead podcast, and you've been listening to On the Front Porch with us. Man, were those guys funny. Or at least that's what they told us to say. (laughs) They are pretty funny, though. They are. Thanks for listening.